With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to episode 113 of Back of the Net, the AFC Bournemouth podcast. My name's Sam Davis and at the weekend the Cherries travel to the city ground in the hope of continuing our decent run of form of late. We did labour to a 3-2 win over the Blues at Dean Court only last weekend, but an improved performance midweek against Burnley in the FA Cup saw the Cherries run out 2-0 victors to set up a mouth-watering quarter-final clash against our South Coast neighbour Southampton. That should be a beautiful one. It was nil-nil though, however, in Nottingham on Saturday in a match that, well, it doesn't even warrant a podcast. Myself and Jeff took the executive decision of not going on about it minute by minute. There's no point. So, on this episode, we're going to be getting some of your raw reactions at full time from the free-for-all on YouTube. Plus, Tom Jordan's going to be here with Dan to do a little bit of the player ratings, and we'll give you a taster of that. But first, I just want to point you towards a couple of things. Firstly, we're after your feedback on all things back of the net. If you go to afcbpodcast.com slash feedback, you can leave some anonymous comments 
whether it's about YouTube, our social media output, or the audio pod, we're we're well up for taking criticism. Say whatever you want. You can praise it. You can slag us off. We don't care. But we do want your comments in because we want to improve the offering for next season. Everything will be anonymous. We've had some really funny ones as well and some really good constructive criticism. We just want to get better for next season. Elsewhere on YouTube, there's also Ted McDougall. Yeah, we finished our two-part interview with him. If you go to the playlist section and hit interviews, you can see the first hour, which was recorded last week, and then the last hour, which was on Valentine's Day, and that was with Jeff Hayward and Neil Dawson. Really good to reminisce over the old times. And also, we touched upon some AAC Bournemouth matters as well, or namely, a stand being named after him. Just what's that like? And also, his thoughts on AFC Bournemouth today too. So... As a tribute to Ted, I think we need to do a McDougall-themed Do You Remember? Do you remember? Do you remember? So when you think of Ted McDougall, you probably think of the nine goals against Margate, but some of you will also be thinking of a flying header against a current Premier League side in that famous green and black away strip. So the question is, we know the goal, right? Yeah, of course we do. Who was the opposition? What was the year? And what was the full-time score? The opposition, the year and the full-time score. We all know what goal we're talking about. We'll give you the answer at the end of the show. Well, I'm sure many of you were doing that at full time or probably during the match, but a number of people weren't and they came on the free for all. Let's have a listen in to some raw opinion as AFC Bournemouth fans discussed their disgust at that nil nil at the city ground. It wasn't pretty. Our first guest today is Cherry's fan, Sammy. Sammy, how are Hello. you? Yeah, not bad. Well, to be fair, a little bit bored, to be honest. But, you know, I'm all right. Thank you. Good. Uh, did you fall asleep during that? Because I wouldn't be surprised if you did. I, I literally did, to be honest with you. <laughs> I literally did. I didn't watch it. I was listening on the radio. And at one point, I just like heard a bit of commentary get a little bit lively. And I was like, OK, yeah, I am actually asleep. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, it, it was a bit of a ball fest, and I wonder if Morgan thinks the same as well. Morgan Scott is with us too. Hello, Morgan. You're right. Hi, are you right? Yeah, what do you think? First place to ask is why wasn't Sam Savage on that team sheet? Like, that was the first name, in my opinion, that should have been on that sheet at two o'clock. I'm not, I, I just don't understand uh, why he was starting. He, um, he, Savage was going to be brought on, and then he got told to put his coat back on, which I don't understand. He should have been brought on 45 minutes in, in my opinion. I said it at half time. Uh, Brooks and Super Sam on to make sure we come out with the game with three points. And I think Savage didn't have enough time. But what I would like to say, Sam, if I may, yeah. is Savage, you see his work effort up front. He came back into the 
defensive Rowan started nipping the ball up. Okay, I think it came off of Claire and he gave the ball away and then it went back up to him. But he's just magnificent. He always makes a difference. And he scored against Burnley. Why is he not starting? We're short of goals at the moment and we need someone who can score a goal. And uh, he's the man, in my opinion. I'm not disappointed with the result. It's just it just seemed to go back to that boring, like, what are we doing on the pitch? Like, there was no performance. There was no urgency up front. It just seemed... And like you say, with Surridge, it's like, I don't know why he didn't start. But not only that, why did he only get given 10 minutes? You know, if he'd come on a bit earlier. Um, I think Brooks made a bit of... You know, Brooks has been poor recently, but he definitely seemed to have a bit more of a buzz when he came on on today. Uh, John Spark is joining in now, and he's joined by Ben. So Ben is with us too, a.k.a. Cockbeard on Twitter. And also we've got ASCB Latvia. That's Robert standing by. We've got Aaron uh, and David Codron as well. So we'll bring you in ASAP. John, go for it. How are you? Um, yeah, I think it's very disappointing the way that we just weren't able to really make anything happen in that game. But the positive I can take is at least that it's a point you know, there are worse teams that we played against that we didn't get anything from. So that's something. But I would, I'm just a bit frustrated at the lack of switching things up when it clearly wasn't going to get us like, anything more than a point yeah. by the hour mark. Like, the, the thing that's an easy question that I think anyone that watched that game could ask is like, why is it that when we had exactly the same back six, well, okay, swap Cook and Kelly out, why did that work at getting us forward against Burnley, but why didn't it work in this game? And it's really quite simple. It was a 4-4-2 against Burnley. We had the man advantage in midfield. Billing was always free and Surridge was moving well. And most importantly, you had Junior Stanis as on the left. By having him on the right, you completely cut out the best part of his game, which is drifting into that central position and taking up open pockets of space that allow for passes infield to come to. The amount of time you saw Pearson look up, Lerma look up, and no one is moving, particularly Janjuma. My God, there is nothing less of a captain's performance than what Dan Juma did in that game. The amount he just stood on the far side and just waited for the ball to come to him. Didn't make the, the movement forward. Just incredibly frustrating. And just a comment, I think, on the whole Shane Long, Sam Surridge thing. I think there's probably some sort of contractual obligation to make sure that Shane Long plays a certain amount of time. Jeez. Because people are saying, why doesn't Surridge play more? It's like, well, one, we have a vested interest in Sam Surridge. Woodgate, that's not going to be necessarily the case. And there is definitely going to be some level of obligation to make sure that Shane Long plays a certain amount of time. I would say. just just as a suggestion. So I certainly would have liked to have seen Sarge come on earlier. I think just getting Stanislas over to that left, you can see how much he did in the last 10, 15 minutes, Stanislas, in comparison to what Dan Juma did in 75, that that change needs to be happened much quicker. It's just as much as Woodgate has set us up well and has brought us back to a sort of where we expect us to be mm. to an extent in the previous two games, it wasn't working and it needed changing quicker. And that's something that I think a more experienced manager would do. Ben, watching today, how did you feel after that? I'm still waiting to watch a match, really. Mm. <laughs> um, about the loan signings, um, I mean, I remember Eddie saying years and years ago that he'd rather not dip into the loan market, rather develop our own, which yeah. is something we've done a lot of recently. Um, I say recently, up until right now. And... Um, I just wonder whether I think John's probably right that we uh, that we have got some obligation 
to give him a certain amount of minutes. Um, but if that's going to stunt the growth of your own players, is it really worth it? And from what I saw today, the answer is definitely not. Um, but then, I mean, from what we saw today, there was just a complete lack of urgency all over the pitch. Um, as soon as Cook went off, and I know it was only three minutes, so there wasn't much that happened before it. I, second half, there was only really, well, what was it, about 75 minutes when Smudger went through and crossed a beautiful ball into absolutely nobody because Long was already ahead of, ahead of it. It just seems to be nothing. I'm not saying every attack we need to make an opportunity, but then I suppose actually, yeah, every time we have the ball, we should be looking to make an opportunity. Now, if we're going to play three in the middle or one up front, then we need to break the lines. Okay, And, I, and Lewis is the best player we have for doing that. Even though he plays a little bit further back, he's great at just breaking those lines, getting forward. Him and Wilshire in a kind of diamond, maybe that would be you know, front and back of the diamond. Maybe that's where we need to go. But then it sacrifices wingers that we've always had and always it's the Bournemouth way, as it were. But then again, if we are going to play wingers, then I think we need two up, up front and two that will you know, actually attack across. Um, there was a few really good balls that went over, but there was nobody to receive them. Um, I saw three or four really good crosses that came in and were allowed to bounce in the area. So it wasn't even like, the forest defence were doing anything about them because they were bouncing in the area, you know? It's extremely frustrating for me. We're going to bring in Robert, who's audio only. He is uh, from Latvia, so we're going to bring him out in now. Robert, how are you? Yeah, um, um, it was just boring. Uh, what a game. Uh, I thought... Uh, I saw only two shots. That yeah. was a horrible game. Um, I went for snacks on fourth minute. I come back, I see Kelly. I was like, what happened to cock? Cock, cock. Yeah. Uh, I was like, yeah, we're done. But now, uh, nil, nil, but I'm really, really disappointed. Disappointed. Uh, nil, nil. I almost fell asleep. That was a horrible game, I think. We should play yeah. much better. Aaron, how are you? I'm good. Right, David. Long time hey, no see. How are you? Very good, good thank you. Time. I don't think I'll oh. get over to, to see you know, for a while. Yeah. Super, a bit of a, a reunion uh, going on here, loving it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Kirk, though, I mean, explain that. It was a, it was a hard watch, I think, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, did we see the real Woodgate today? Um, I mean, his Middlesbrough team were the lowest goal scorers in the Championship when he was in charge, and we didn't look like scoring today. Um, but as an argument, I suppose to say that we've played like this many times this season under JT. Um, so is is it Woodgate or the players? Um, but yeah, it was a bit it was a bit disappointing, frustrating. Defensively, I thought we protected our back four quite well with Pearson and Lerma, but we weren't brave enough on the ball. Um, a stat that I've brought up before, Sam, is that at the end of the game, Dan Juma had had twenty seven touches, Wilshire had twenty eight, Lloyd Kelly, who only played eighty five minutes, had sixty eight, mm. and that tells you everything that you've got to get your creative players the players that can hurt teams and when you football matches on the ball um and it's just not good enough where do you think it went wrong and who do you think underperformed today because i keep looking at that left side and i hate to do it but um diego rico i found very frustrating today with little short passes that uh you know going straight to the opposition crosses that uh, were always getting cut out but it wasn't just him to be fair no one could seemingly cross the ball today <sighs> You know, he was one of a number of players that just weren't on it. 
Yeah, I thought Rico had an okay game defensively. I thought he was better. He got himself out to those wide areas, but he just can't cross the ball this season. Um, We had a diagonal tactical game to play the uh, ball out to Smith from our back four. Um, That worked in the first half. Got some really good crosses in from Adam Smith. I thought he was okay today. I thought he had a better game. Um, But we just didn't really have anyone there um, to hurt or get on the end of it. Shane Long for himself at one of the crosses, um, but wasn't good enough. Dan Juma, I'm starting to see now that the, the best that we get at Dan Juma is when we get him in the pockets um, and he can actually link up one-on-one with a centre-back. What he did today was hug the touchline and that's where he's really ineffective. I think last week against Birmingham, when he was hugging the touchline, he was trying to do too much, holding on to it too long, trying to take on two players. And then what happens? We get Wilshire on the ball. He feeds it through the lines to Dan Juma, who's one-on-one with the centre-back. Goal. And Dan Juma, that's where we need to get him, almost in a false number nine position um, because that's where he hurts teams. He scored goals like that against Bristol City. But when he just hugs that touchline, doesn't really do a lot. And he's and he's obviously not a player like who's going to cross the ball and create something for someone, I don't think, really. No. So uh, you're in uh, Victoria in Australia, aren't you, David? I sure am, Melbourne. Yeah, we're on a five-day lockdown now. Yeah, I heard about that because there were a few cases and in Australia, you're very quick to react, aren't you? So, yeah, yeah. yeah our, premier, our Premier likes to, uh, to to throw us into lockdown a few times. <laughs> yeah. So, what is it, One fifty-six in the morning where you are or something? What time yeah, is sure is. Yep. Blimey, blimey. So, um, this is early. I'm normally just about to watch the game start. <laughs> yeah. How are you not asleep after that performance? Because it, uh, it, was, it was dull, wasn't it? Yeah, it was really, really poor. It was a waste of a game, really. Um, yeah. I, I just wonder whether we've actually, in training, practised against two banks of four defending us because we have no idea how to even try to break it down. And it's happened a lot of this, a lot of times this season when teams just sit back and defend against us. We just we just can't break them down. So I mean. Yeah, those are just my thoughts from the game. It was just really, really poor and just lack of ideas and forced us to keep going sideways and try and retain possession. Mm, he makes a good point, doesn't he, Aaron? He does, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I wasn't surprised that, that Forrest sat deep. That's how Hewton plays. You know, he went for the draw. It was always going to be difficult to find space. Um, and I would say, you know, as, as others have said, we've look, we look solid. Um, I think Pearson and Lerma give us that protection, which we've been crying out for for some time. However... I think two conundrums for me. First, Kirk's already touched on his Dan Juma. Um, we're just not, you know, it was noticeable against Burnley. It was the best team performance of the season and he wasn't in it. Um, now, we all know what he's given us this season. He's produced flashes of brilliance from nowhere to win this game single-handedly. So I'm not for one minute saying he shouldn't be involved. But um, I'm wondering, number one, if he's a better impact club um, or if he's going to start, as Kirk said, potentially even up front without Dom, um, up front with Sam, potentially. Um, And then the other conundrum for me is Lewis Cook, because as I just said, we look so much more solid with Pearson and Lerma in that too, without a doubt. And I thought Pearson was exceptional. I thought Jeff was exceptional as well. But then where do we get Lewis Cook in the team? Because he's been so dynamic for this season. And what he does offer compared to the other two is that creativity with the pass, driving forward with the ball. I don't think he can play at the front of a diamond in the same way that Wilshire obviously plays and that Billing played against Burnley. So it is a conundrum and it's not easy because if you if you don't take Pearson or Lerma out of the team, you're going to lose a bit of that, bit of that solidity. So I can it, it's difficult. Um, 
However, I, I you know, it, it feels like two points dropped to me. And 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 the biggest thing for me is that I just do not understand why Surridge isn't starting. Uh, you know, we've we've touched on this time and time again. Every game he plays, he, he creates problems, scores invariably. We win the game. He's a handful. I don't know what else he has to do. And 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 Shane Long started okay, but he just wasn't. He wasn't running the channels. He wasn't holding the ball up as well as I know he can do. And 10 minutes for Surrey just isn't long enough. I, I was, we were screaming. Me and the boys were screaming for him to come on. At, first, we should have started. But come on at half time, if not 60 minutes. And it was just crying out, crying out for, for Surrey to come on. This is Matt Holland and you're listening to Back of the Net. Beautiful. Thanks for everyone who contributed. And uh, if you want to take part after a show, we're looking to diversify and have more people on board. So that basically more guests and different people, because we are aware the same people always come on the free-for-alls on YouTube each and every time. And if I had the time, I would prep different guests to actually appear, but I haven't got the time. So it's basically whoever's, whoever's coming to us will get on screen. So if you fancy it, yeah, just, just hop on. The link is the same each time. It's afcbpodcast.com slash take part. And then you sit in the studio and then I'll bring you in as soon as I can. It's as simple as that. And it's live on YouTube, Facebook, you know the drill, all the rest of it. So next, player ratings time. And if you haven't seen the player rating show, it's Tom Jordan who does it and he's usually got a guest with him. This week it was Dan, a.k.a. Giron, a Bournemouth fan that has amassed, in his own words, somehow over 60,000 subscribers on YouTube. What a lad. He's got infectious enthusiasm about all things cherries. And here they discuss the individual showings against the forest. Well done if you stayed awake for that one. Um, bit of a snooze fest, wasn't it? Uh, shame. We bounced back lately and, yeah, we didn't lose the game, but it was a nil-nil draw and, to be honest, that was probably all it deserved. Forest come with a game plan, credit to them, a Chris Hutton side that were very organised, difficult to break down and, unfortunately, we didn't quite have enough to break them down on the day. But, um, listen, there's a point and we go again. But, um, yeah, an uninspiring performance, very laboured and, um, yeah, we've heard that one before, haven't we? So, um, we need to see a bit more from the players, but, Having said that, we'll go into the player ratings and I've got a guest with me that I'm sure many of you will recognise, especially from the free-for-all. Dan, what did you think of the game, mate? Bit of a boring one, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a bit of a boring one. I think we lacked that sort of creativity in attack. I think we lacked, again, uh, that sharpness, you know, the movement, the quick play. Um, you know, players that have, Dan Juma, for example, he's got to, got to have a bit more movement. But I think there were some positives to take. I think that our defence was very, very good today. I, I, for, the, for the first time in a while, I felt like, OK, we, we, we look confident when we defend here, especially having Pearson in. There was that lovely, that almost perfect goal. Uh, well, if it would have been a perfect goal, that chance where Pearson nicks the ball, Wilshire does the turn, puts down Juma, and we just miss. But that, that uh, yeah, it was a bit of a boring one, but against a tough Chris Hutton team. Uh, yeah, no, can't disagree yeah. with that, mate. Like you say, probably with, with Pearson in there and Carter Vickers as well, which we'll come on to, I felt we definitely looked more solid and I wasn't as fearful as I've been of being caught on the break. But um, just lack that creativity. It's difficult to get the balance and that's what we've got to find. But um, yeah, going into the player ratings and 
obviously Asmil's in goal. Bit worried that um, he might not be after we uh, recall Travers, but it uh, sounds like he's playing through an injury. Made a few errors of late, but we all know what season he's having. And I can't remember him doing much, Dan. No, there wasn't really much in the game for him to do. I, I did fear there was the, I think maybe like 20 minutes on where I thought he fumbled it again. Mm. Uh, but uh, luckily, yeah, it was fine. He, again, not really, he didn't do a lot wrong. There wasn't really anything for him to do. I suppose the one chance were second half where Pearson cleared it off the line uh, into Begovic. I suppose maybe you could say he got caught out there and maybe probably not. Um, but yeah, not, not, a, not a lot for him to do today. No, I know it's a difficult one. I suppose it's that's got to be looked at as a positive this season that when we've had these type of games, he's always been the man of the match because he kept us in yeah. it with a world-class save. And like you alluded to at the start, at least we didn't have them worries today. Um, so it's weird, really, but it's not, not for his fault, but he can't get too high a rating. But he has got the clean sheet. Should we should we go over seven? Yeah, I was thinking about a seven. Yeah. It's got to be fair, and it? it's still a clean sheet at the end of the day, so he's done what he had to do. But um, yeah, it was, was nice to see him not too tested today. Back four. Um, Smithy was always going to play it right back with um, Stacey probably being out for a few games now, which is a blow. But um, Smithy was a little bit better, I thought, in Woodgate's first game. And I don't know what you thought of Smithy today. I thought he got forward well and tried to you know, keep that energy that we always know he has. But his final ball wasn't there. Having said that, did, we, did he have many targets to hit? It's a really difficult one. What did you make of Smithy? Yeah, I was sort of in two minds. Like, has he had a good game? Has he had a bad mm. game? It's been an average... Like, he... I think he got into a lot of good positions. As uh, we all know, Smith will run his socks off almost every single game. He played, he had a bit of a rough patch during the season where he was playing games after game after game. You know, he's he's quite old now. I think uh, maybe he wasn't 100% fit with Stacey out. He was struggling a bit. But uh, yeah, he seems to be picking up a little bit of form uh, recently. I, I, I don't think he had a bad game. I think uh, I think his first half was a bit better than his second uh, he, he got in some good spaces. Uh, he whipped in, I remember, I think it was in the first half, a lovely ball in, but obviously no one was there to attack it. Uh, but yeah, I, I would say it was an average performance. It wasn't a bad one, but I said it was had good bits, but uh, nothing special. You know, some poor crosses towards the ends um, mm-hmm. that, you know, you really should be getting uh, on someone's head. Yeah, I, I, I probably agree with you, mate. I think it's it's a really difficult one, isn't it? Because there was a lot of crosses that you think, was it a bad cross or did he have no one to aim at? Because yeah. sometimes I thought, yeah, the cross doesn't look great, but he's literally just got Shane Long on his own. Mm. It's very hard to pick him out. Um, and he did do one in the first half, I'm sure it was Smithy, where he drove it in quite low and Long went with, with for a diving header, which I thought was a decent ball. Yes. But um, yeah, like you say, the energy was there. He was part of the defence that kept a clean sheet and were untroubled, but final ball wasn't there. What? I'll let you have the sign and vote. Six, seven? What do you think? Yeah, I'm thinking about a six or a seven. I'm leaning more towards a seven. I think that he he was he was uh, deserves a seven in my opinion. Yeah, we'll go with that. I think that's that's fair enough. Um, probably, you know, you can have the the sign and vote on it. But for me, I'd probably say the next man would probably edge my man of the match award. Actually, Cameron Carl Vickers. I think he's kind of gone under the radar of late um, in terms of you know the last few performances where he played well. We've looked a lot better defensively and I think he's been a big part of that. Real shame with, with Cookie coming off because I thought they were developing an early partnership there. But um, I've been really impressed with what I've seen. I think if we can keep him fit and fresh, he's really solid. He gives us that aggression in there. What do you think? Yeah, he, he's an interesting one uh, because obviously when we got him, uh, was injured for a long period of time. And, you know, Simpson came in and obviously he's not here anymore but you think about it if we're substituting uh, him for Simpson I'd say that's a win for us I mean Simpson wasn't a bad player he, he came in and did a job a lot of time but 
I never fully felt confident uh, with him being at the back. Whereas I do, yeah, with uh, Carter Vickers, I feel like he's, he's a strong guy. Uh, he's very physical. And, uh, you know, he even did a, a bit of right back when he was in, in the Burnley game, wasn't it, when he got moved to right back? And uh, I think he's been really, really good. He looks solid and, it, and I trust him, which is really important with the centre-back. I think him and Cook together uh, will be really good, providing Cook's injury isn't too serious. But yeah, I, I'd agree. The man of the match contender for sure. Yeah, I really like what I see. And I think, like you alluded to there when we had Simpson as well, I think you've got centre-halves and Simpson that we did have and Mepham as well. They're, they're good centre-halves. Um, but they, and they're really, you can tell, tell they're Eddie type players in the sense they want to play out from the back. They always try and, whereas Cameron Carter Vickers is a defender that I feel defending first. Now that's his priority. He yeah. will defend. Um, whereas I, I feel, I feel like sometimes with Mets, who I do really rate, his defensive side of it seems to come second to wanting to play. And I think sometimes yeah. you just need a proper defender in there. And I For think sure. he's given us that, which is nice. Um, so yeah, definitely up the higher end. What are you thinking? I'm thinking maybe even a nine. I think eight or a nine, it's looking like. I think he was just so solid today. He, he was, uh, as I said at, at the start, he, he, he like he was a key part of making me feel comfortable when uh, Forrest were attacking. So I might even be pushing for a nine. He was one of the mm-hmm. really, really, really good today. Yeah, it's doing that because at the end of the day, we've, um, yes, yeah, nil-nil, but he's done everything right. I can't remember him doing anything wrong. So he, he deserves yeah. that. That kind of If we had nicked it one-nil, we, we wouldn't have been debating a nine but it's not his, his problem we didn't yeah. pick one um alongside real we can't really give him a rating but let's just um have a word on cookie because that's going to be it's going to be really tough it looked like a groin strain didn't it it looked like it was interesting straight away just a uh, physio come on he just went no i'm off um yeah. he, he knew and i'm hoping he's just tweaked it and thought i can't risk that rather than it being a real pull but it doesn't look good i mean i'll probably take just a few games out because i don't want to lose him for a long period but um yeah, it's going to be difficult with him out. Would you? Are you thinking that it's just going to have to be Kelly come in if he is out for a while? And uh, how much of an impact might that have? Yeah, I think I think Kelly's the obvious option there. I think uh, I'm I'm hoping it's not nothing long term. I think we all are, but uh, it was slightly worrying because you know Steve Cook he'll worry you through anything usually, and you know coming off so early and he was he was you know confident that he, he can continue. But yeah, I think Kelly's the obvious replacement. I, I definitely prefer Kelly at centre back than I do left back. I think he, he, he worry he always. It's when you get the left back and he and he runs back and he, and he gets himself in a tangle and you have to boot up the pitch and we lose it and then we're uh, there on the uh, their, their press or a team's press uh, and you know that gives away a chance. So I feel more comfortable with him at centre back and you know Lloyd Kelly still has a lot of talent. People forget you know he how how good he can be on his day, um, but I think he's just had rough patches of form you know not really consistently being in this team maybe a little bit of lack of confidence as well as the uh, the team as a whole but um yeah I think um I'm hoping Kelly will be able to do well I think it'll be interesting to see the two uh him and Carter Vickers mm. providing that's the what we go with I think um it'll be an interesting uh, duo yeah we'll go to, we won't mark cookie obviously we'll go straight into Lloyd but and I, I agree with what you say there I think it's I've been critical of him because I think he's been um had some really poor games at left back to be honest I think he's yeah. deserved that criticism but um I think I do I do give him um a bit of leeway in the sense that it must be frustrating for a player to be centre back in a two then centre back in a three then left back you know to, to get relationships with players and get that consistency and this might be an opportunity for him now it's it's not ideal to have to get a new partnership Carter Vickers and Kelly haven't really played together but it makes sense and um yeah I trust him more in that role like you say and to be fair to him, in terms of this game, he come on and I thought he was pretty solid and we got the clean sheet with him. So, 
yeah, I thought he was. I thought he was comfortable, wasn't he, when he came on? Yeah, I, I mean, you know, a clean sheet, and you know, the defenders have got to have done something right. Uh, and yeah, him alongside Vickers was good today. I don't think I couldn't think of anything he did particularly wrong. I always say with a centre back, if you don't notice them, a lot of the time they've had a brilliant performance. And I think that was the the case today. We didn't notice him do anything wrong. And um, I think it would be up there with maybe an eight. I don't yeah. know if you'd agree with that. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, he, he virtually played the full game, didn't he? And um, yeah. always hard to come on after a couple of minutes when you weren't expecting to. And at the end of the day, like, like we've alluded to, Begovic didn't have much to do. The defence obviously done a job. But what's interesting with that is we're saying the defence done a job, which I agree with. But you need a little bit more from your full-backs. Uh, hence the Smith, mm. you get an alert rate. You do, off, you do need a little bit more. And I don't know what's going on at left-back, mate, because we just alluded <laughs> to when Kelly's there. That, and I put a tweet out the other week, which I repeated again today. Whichever one plays there, the next game I want the other one because that one was exactly so that. Yeah, Charlie Daniels ain't here, and he still is. hasn't been replaced. I mean, I don't know what's going on, mate. I, some sometimes I I quite like Rico. Sometimes his recovery runs. He obviously has that interception stat that's always quite high, but sometimes I just don't know what he does. I mean, what did you think of him today, mate? I felt he was frustrating yeah, again. He's such a weird character, Rico. I think like he, he can do. He can be so frustrating to watch sometimes, but then he can just, what did he just score a free kick out, uh, which no one expected him to do um, earlier in the season. And he gets himself in some nice positions and he'll do a good bit of play, but then he'll just like pass it. He missed missed like a simple pass and it's so frustrating. And um, it seemed to be throughout this match, it seemed to be, oh, that's good from Rick. Oh, no, it's not so good. You know, you kept, you kept, I really want him to do well, but it's it's the left back spot that's been the problem. I feel a big problem for us this season. And I've been crying out for Zamora to get some more game time because he hasn't been given enough uh, opportunities. You know, this we keep switching our left back. He was brilliant in that FA Cup game. And I think he could do a job there. He looked really, really good. The only thing uh, that you may say is, is he was, I think he was playing more as a wing back in that uh, FA Cup game, more attacking. Is he as good defensively? Whereas Rico probably is a bit better defensively. But yeah, because some of his play was just terrible today, but some of it, you know, he got himself into some good positions, made some good runs. Um, I'm leaning towards a six or a seven between there, maybe. I think more a six, I'd say. Yeah, I think it's fair to say. I think we gave um, Smithy a seven, didn't we? So I think he wasn't as good as Smithy, was he? So I think six is fair, but I'm about being too harsh because at the end of the day, we all know he didn't play well, but he's part of the defensive unit that kept a clean sheet. So I think it would be yeah. too harsh to go kind of forwards and things like that. But I agree with what you're saying on, on, on Zamora. So it's an interesting one, isn't it? Most clubs kind of, when you have these young players, when they're attacking players, they get a bit of an opportunity. And defensive players, they, they're very reluctant managers to give them an opportunity. And I think they worry about kind of that experience at the back and, and things like that. But we won't know until we try them there. It is a difficult one. And a new maybe a new manager will look at it for a fresh pair of eyes and think, sure. you know, I'm going to chuck him in. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what, um, what more he can do. And he must be sitting there going, I can't do any... I'd be very surprised if he could do much worse than the yeah. left-backs at the moment. But yeah, we'll, we'll wait and see. Obviously, we went into the uh, midfield kind of 4 2 3 one wasn't it, really? So the two yeah. that were kind of sat there, I'm just uh, finding his name. Obviously, debut in the league for Ben Pearson today. And an interesting one, because I've seen um, a varied of, a, of opinions, really. Because on one hand, I thought, very, very good. Um he does what he needs to do in there, distributes play well. You alluded to that chance we had where he broke the play out really well. There were other times where I felt he was trying like a diagonal pass and it was just going out of play. And I thought, and there were times in the game where I thought, is this more of a game where we're having all the ball and we can maybe do with a Lewis Cook 
rather than having two sat in there. But for what he what his job is, I thought he done pretty well, and he's definitely a good signing, isn't he? Yeah, I think he's going to be crucial for us this season in a lot of games. I think especially against these physical teams, uh, he's going to be crucial, breaking up that play. And I thought uh, you alluded to there about him, you know, maybe uh, misplacing a pass, trying to play it across the field. I think with Ben Pearson, from what I've seen, obviously I haven't seen too much, but he does the basics very, very well. Uh, well. You know, he, he'll break up the play. He does what a CDM should do. He breaks up the play, you know, connects the uh, CDM with the attacking players, and I think he did that uh, pretty well today. I think, as he said, some of his distribution, uh, you know, some of the more advanced balls, if you want to say, uh, weren't as good. But I think that overall he's going to be crucial. And he having someone that will do anything to stop it getting to the defence. Uh, and I think him and Lerma, we didn't actually need maybe both of them today. I think, uh, as you mentioned, Lewis Cook, we needed that bit of creativity in midfield to break, you know, I think it was, uh, was it the same game against Forest where he put that beautiful ball over to Stanislas? Or I think he might be thinking of a different game. I think uh, the one we yeah. scored was Stoke, wasn't it? Yeah, just... actually, yeah. I, I, there might be another one as well. But I, yeah, that, that one as well uh, was brilliant. You know, we just needed that uh, mm. that quality from Lewis Cook. We didn't need the two uh, CDMs. I thought we were controlling the game for the majority and we should have had the quality to, to finish them, really. Yeah, no, I probably agree, mate. I think it's a difficult, one, not it? Because Ben Person does his job well. But yeah. I felt like we didn't need both, like you say. But then having said that, we've kept a clean sheet. If we didn't have both, we might have lost it. It's really difficult mm. um, you know, to get that balance. But I thought I thought it was a generally decent performance for him. But I feel like there's more to come as well, yeah. um, which is good to see. And I think probably Rotherham will be a game that him and Lerber could do with starting in and getting the getting that physical side of it out of the way. And yes. then, um, yeah, but I, I, but I felt like not because not of him, but I felt like we should have brought Lewis on a little bit earlier. Well, we didn't bring him on, did we? But um, brought Lewis on. But yeah, good performance. Are we are we thinking seven? Or are we thinking eight? What do you reckon? You, I feel like it's almost like a seven point five here. Um, but uh, I, I, I we'll, we'll give him an eight. I think. I, I think he did the basics very, very well today, yeah. and he broke yeah, no, really nicely. Yeah, I can't disagree with that, mate. And uh, like I say, probably part more of that defensive unit that kept a clean sheet. To be fair. And um, similarly, next to him, I think we're going to say similar things. I probably thought um, after Carter Vickers, I would have looked at Lerma because I thought Lerma done his job really, really well in there. Um, yeah. I thought he's I think in the last few games, Burnley as well, and the Birmingham game even, uh, since uh, Woodgate's come in. We've seen the old Lerma again. We had a spell where I thought he was right off the ball. But yeah. Um, yeah. I think he's doing his job really, really well at the moment and just back to his best. And um, yeah, doing his job expertly. Do you agree? I thought he was similar to, to Ben Pearson there. Them two are good. Yeah, yeah. Uh... Having said that we maybe only needed one of them, two of them together was very good defensively. And uh, I thought he played really, really well today. He was composed on the ball, didn't make any rash passes. Uh, he broke up the play really nicely. I remember he took up a really nice ball and just brought it down. Great play. Uh, you know, we, we, we know Lerma's Premier League quality and we know that he's uh, one of our best players and he didn't really show it for part of this season. But if we can get him back to uh, his best and get a bit of, um, get him confident again, uh, consistently playing, will the new manager play him? I would assume so. Uh, but yeah, I, I think he had a really good game today. I'd say maybe even slightly better than Pearson, if not uh, about the same. So yeah, I, I would be looking at an eight, maybe even a nine kind of thing. I would, I'd probably say an eight to, to, I'd say probably closer together. Yeah, that's fair, mate. But yeah, I, like, like we said, them two in there done their job, didn't they? And I think it's these next four that if they were on their levels, potentially, 
then we'd be we'd probably be maybe even putting Pearson and Lerma up to a nine because it's not their fault that the people in front. I thought everyone, yeah. all these players that we put into, yes, the fullbacks probably could have given us a bit more. I think that's probably a thing actually. When the two in that four-two-three-one do their defensive duties so well, that should give the license to them fullbacks, and that's probably yeah. what they didn't quite do today. But yeah, Jeff, brilliant again, and. Regardless of signings we're making, and we've got a lot of competition in that centre midfield, it feels like whatever manager we've got, he's always going to yeah. be in there, which says a lot, I think. Um, we'll go into the the advanced kind of player in front of them, which was obviously the magic man, Jack Wilshere. And I thought he, you alluded to it at the start, that, that really good chance where Pearson nicked it back and Jack did everything right. And um, I always felt like he would he would probably come off because we all know his, his fitness issues and things like that. So I didn't really argue with the change at the time. Things didn't quite happen for him. I don't think it was all down to Jack. I thought Jack tried to do the right things. I felt we probably could have got him on the ball a little bit more. But I think teams are targeting him and going, don't give him any space. And he was getting yeah, frustrated. Sure. But um, I thought Jack did okay without being at his scintillating best. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I think at times he maybe look a little bit lost in the game. But, you know, when we, whenever we give the ball to Jack Wilshere, we, we expect quality and we usually that's usually what we get. Uh, some of the things he can do uh, is, is Premier League quality. And... Um, I think that he's going to be hopefully a crucial part to this uh, promotion push and hopefully can assist it because I was watching, I think, uh, the free-for-all today on uh, Back of the Net and where someone was saying that Wilshire should have been brought in to reassure promotion rather than rely on him for promotion. And I feel like that had been the case or is being the case at the moment where we're almost relying on him to do something with the uh, with the ball and create something but yeah, it looked a little bit lost today. But you know, again, credit to Forest. I think Forest were really good today. Uh, they were very organised, making it hard to create anything. And so, even for a player of Wilshire's quality, it was going to be difficult. Um, but yeah, I think he uh, he didn't have too many touches. I think he had like twenty odd touches or something like that. So it was a little bit lost. But when he did get on the ball, he was decent. I would say most of the time. Yeah, no. yeah I agree with that. And I think it is it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because I, I've been saying the same about. Um, David Brooks, actually, in the sense that, you know, Brooks hadn't performed to his levels, but I almost felt like he'd been playing a lot earlier in the season, like he had this burden of, we need you, you're our man. And I feel like we're doing that a bit with Wilshire now, that expectation. And um, we can't be doing that. We need to play as a team. We need to stop kind of, I almost feel like a lot of the players are shirking responsibility and saying, go on, Jack, get us out of jail. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, we, we need Wilshire, like you say, just to be a part of the puzzle rather than be all our hopes rely on him. But um I do love him. It'll be interesting to see on Wednesday because I don't know what you think, but I almost feel like Wednesday could be a game where we just have, say, two in there, say a Pearson and Lerma, for example, go yeah. for two up front and kind of mm. try to take it. Because Wilshire could easily get stifled out against Rotherham. They're going to be physical and horrible. And um, yeah. I almost feel like be solid in the middle, but get two up there, get someone closer to Shane Long or Surridge because I feel like whoever we play up top is getting isolated at the moment. But um, yeah. In terms of Jack, should we go with a, a seven better than Rico, but not as good as the, the two? Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I think that's fair. Um, going into the more wide options, I was pleasantly surprised, I guess, to, to see Brooksy taken out of it a little bit. I felt like this was the game for that. Um, he's been playing a lot of football without being brilliant. And obviously, Junior come in and start on that right-hand side. And I always say about Junior, whatever performance you get, he backs up with numbers, doesn't he, with goals and assists. He's mm-hmm. he's very important in that sense. And um, thought he obviously it was a penalty, but I thought he'd done well in the week. Good to have Junior back and fit, and that's what we need. But um, coming in and out of the game, didn't didn't get didn't get on the ball enough for me. But he's always a player you feel could provide something. I don't think it was all his fault today, but maybe could have had a little bit more from Junior. What do you think? 
Yeah, it just wasn't quite there as uh, with the attack as a whole today. I think that you would argue that Junior was probably the best out of the attack today, uh, out of the front three. Um, I mean, he, he's always someone, he cares. You can tell he cares a lot about this club and he, he has that desire to win. I remember, you know, we all remember the Surridge and Stanislas incident. Obviously, shouldn't have happened, but it just shows he's passionate. He really cares. He wants to win every single game, whereas maybe some of the players don't have that motivation. Uh, so, yeah, and he... he He's, he's, he'll always move. He'll always move to get the ball and uh, he'll do a lot of running, uh, trying to get into good positions. Can't say the same about Dan Juma a lot of these games as much as he is quality. Uh, but yeah, I, I felt like the whole attack today just didn't really do anything. Uh, you know, not even a shot on target today, but I'd say he was probably the best out of the three. I'm leaning towards maybe a six. Yeah, I think that's fair, mate. And I think um, what's interesting as well is don't I'm not trying to get the left backs out of jail, but I felt we Rico looked one of his better performances was in the week. Um, and Junior Stanislas was in front of him. Um, I feel like this season, a lot of the time, Arnie's been down that left and he doesn't help the left back. I don't think any sort of left backs really had a partnership with Arnie. And Smithy was bombing on, you know, we're saying about his final ball not being there, but Smithy was bombing on a lot more today. And why is that? Because Junior was over there. He's so clever and he comes inside, allows Smithy to go past him. And I do think that's part of it. And going into Arnie, I thought, I really like Dan Jim. It's really crucial to have him back. And um, he probably provided our most entertaining part of the game when Cookie gave him the armband to pass on and he went, now I'll have it. And just put on the captain's armband and was captain for that first (laughs) half out of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, Obviously, it was Begovic for the second. but um, And he can provide that magic. And every time he gets the ball, I do think, oh, something could happen. But unfortunately, it just it just didn't happen for him today. And he was he seemed lost and he just couldn't get into the game. And I, I'm not, I can't really put my finger on why. And um, he's frustrating. He seems to be very hot and cold, Arnie. What do you think? I think it's a combination of things. I think when we play these very organised teams, these quite physical teams, if we don't play fast football and we play s- slow build-up play, and we give it to Dan Juma, and he's right on hugging the touchline, we can't expect him to beat five players and go past everyone and score. He's the most effective when we're playing quick football, and he's one-on-one with someone. And maybe he'd get more opportunities if he played in a more central role, because I feel like he gets really isolated uh, out on that left-hand side a lot of the time. and He doesn't have a lot of link-up play with whoever's playing left-back a lot of the time. So I think maybe an option to play him centre with Surridge would be an option. Uh, I think that'll be an inter- interesting to see. But yeah, it wasn't in the game today. Didn't really, ha- didn't move enough. He, he was just on the left. Didn't not enough movement. You've got to, sometimes you've got to, you've got to have a bit more freedom as as a left wing or as an attacker. You've got to come back a lot of the time. You've got to come a bit central. You you can't just say stationary to the touchline and hope the ball comes to you and you beat about five players and score. It's just not going to happen. Uh, especially when we're playing slow football. So he's got to adapt and he's good enough to adapt. So yeah, it's a disappointing result today. And unfortunately, I, I would say he was probably our worst player today. Uh, and I'd say mark a five. Yeah, I can't, I can't disagree with you, mate. But I think you made some good points there. I think, um, as we were saying with Junior, I think he's probably, Arnie's probably, you know, got more ability in terms of pace and getting past the man. Mm. But Junior's got it up here a bit more. And I think Arnie does, sometimes you look up and he's just stood on the sideline, he almost just wants the ball to his feet and then he'll go, I'll try and beat three men and see what happens. And yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's a difficult one, but I think you made a really good point there. I've, I spoke to a few people in the week and saying about all these central midfield options we have. And I almost look at it sometimes, I think, go with the system of what you've got. And I look at us at the moment and think we've got a lot of good central midfield options, 
and we're struggling getting someone close enough to the front man. Could a kind of diamond system be be something that we could look at in terms of, you know, whether you have Wilshire or Billing as kind of the, the front of it, we've got Lewis Cook, Pearson and Lerma that can all sit in the deeper roles and get Arnie up there next to a Surridge or a Long because I remember, I think it was the Norwich game early in the season when he got the winner. Him and Solanke were kind of playing up together. Mm, and I just yeah. think it's harder for teams to to pick him up. Like like we were saying there, where Arnie just stands on the touchline, their right back just sits on him and just goes, I'll just stay here with him. And they can exactly. stifle him. Whereas if he's up there with someone, he can just kind of play a bit more free. Be interested to see if a new manager comes in and looks at that. But um, I think that's certainly something that could get the best out of Arnie. But um, yeah, it remains to be seen on that one. And no, the last man led the lines there. A lot of people felt that, that Surridge should have been in there, myself included. Um, if I'm Sam Surridge at the moment, I think played against Barnsley and I got man of the match and scored and barely ever got a sniff since. Then I finally got my chance against Burnley. I scored and made the other goal. Uh, what, I would be banging on the manager's door going, yeah. what, can I, what, what am I supposed to do here? I don't understand. But um, in terms of Shane Long, he, he, we know what he does. He works hard. I do feel for him in the sense that he's clearly not match fit at the moment. He hasn't played a lot of football. Um, and yeah, we're not getting enough into him. He's not getting enough people around him. But He's just not, I don't really know what he's bringing at the moment. Um, probably thought he could have come off earlier. What did you think? Yeah, I think I was looking about 55, 60 minutes. I was like, you've got to bring on Surridge now. Yeah, I think he brought him on too late. I think most Bournemouth fans are screaming for Surridge to start more games. Like, he comes on. Every single game that he's started, he's probably been one of the top three best players, if not the best players uh, player in, on the pitch. He works so hard and he chases down uh, lost causes, he chases down defenders, he presses, and uh, yeah, and he works so hard for the team, and I think that's really important, and having someone like him, and maybe, I think we when we played him and Dom together, it worked quite well, you know, two people that work very hard, and maybe him and uh, Dan Juma could work uh, work very well, have Sarich working, uh, you know, pressing, holding up the ball, ha- and then have someone that's a bit quicker, like Dan Juma, he can slip in, uh, but yeah, Shane Long, it wasn't really happening for him today. Uh, he didn't really do anything. It, it felt like the hold-up play wasn't really there. Uh, he just he just wasn't really in the game at all. He was really struggling. And yeah, as you alluded to him, maybe due, due to match fitness, not really at it. Uh, but yeah, I, I would say maybe even a five as well. He just didn't didn't do anything really today. Yeah, no, I agree. And I'm, I'm a bit kind of... I'm almost not sure what he is in terms of he's not going to be he's not going to run in behind and really you know run at people and stuff like that. But I also, as you alluded to there, I don't think his hold up plays that great. But yeah. we'll see with fitness and things like that. But um, yeah, in, in terms of um, Sam Surridge, I, I I look at him. I'm thinking of some of our our better performances this season. Obviously, Barnsley, where he was man of the match and scored, as we said. Yeah. Probably Burnley in the week where he scored and um, was arguably man of the match again up there anyway. And then I remember that Coventry game where he didn't score, so people forget, but we played some really good football in that Coventry game. And that was one, as you said, where him and Don played together and we went with the two. Yeah. And everyone around them were better because them two were up there. And so, yeah, it, it does seem a bit strange why whatever the manager, whatever we do, it's almost like we're a bit panicky about, we've said it about Zamora earlier, they're thinking, oh, has he got the experience? I'll go with Shane Locke because they just think it's a bit safer. Um, yeah. But... Yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, difficult to get into the into the subs too much. I don't think we we need to bother and go into ratings really. Like Lord Kelly, obviously, because he played for us. What we did, but yeah. Sorridge and Billing were two players that I um, felt came on and probably could have come on a little bit earlier. 
but they've done okay when they come on, but nothing really changed in the game, which I didn't expect to because it was so late. But um, are they two players that we obviously said about Sorridge? Kelly probably will because of injury. Would you get Billing in? Because I'm, I'm debating if we go with that system, that Billing might be a better shout for the Rotherham game. What do you think? Yeah, it's it's Billing's been he's been a lot better recently than he had been. At like I felt like the first half of this season, it'd be like he'd had an absolute stinker. He'd be like the worst player on the pitch, and the next game he'd be the best player on the pitch. Um, I think he's been a bit more consistent where he's uh, been more the best player on the pitch or one of the best players on the pitch, and uh, he's clearly got a lot of quality. Uh, you know, from, from we can tell from the FA Cup game where he's just assisting with his back, like. That's Philip Billing. You don't expect that from something. He's such a weird footballer, but somehow he just provides these little bits of magic. And uh, I, I think he's done enough recently um, to, to get some more game time. I feel like there is uh, this agenda maybe against Billing uh, because he's not your traditional centre mid, maybe. You know, he doesn't really use his height and maybe physicality to, to the best of his ability, but he does the other stuff really, really well. And yeah. I think that because we, he's had a few absolutely terrible performances, it's like it's tarnished the fact that maybe he, he should be starting more games. And I, I think he's deserved to start more games. I, I've, it really confuses me this season as a whole. Why? Obviously, I know that it's the championship games come thick and fast, but why players haven't been rewarded with uh, when they play well? Uh, it, it, I mean, most notably, I think is Surridge. Uh, why he hasn't had a, a longer run of games like? It's not to do with resting. You know, Don played however many and um, Sorridge could do the same. And it's 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 really frustrating because he he clearly wants to play. Every time he's itching to come on. Uh, and I think yeah, at the last 10 minutes when they came on, it wasn't a lot of improvement. But, you know, maybe the last five minutes, the intensity, uh, you know, went up a little bit. But is that just because it's the last five minutes? Players get desperate. They just go for it, maybe. Um, but, yeah, it's... Um, it's something to consider, and I think Billing's definitely an option. I think we've got so many, so much quality in in that yeah. midfield, and um, that it's going to be a difficult decision. But that's what we want. We want uh, a difficult decision for the manager. And I think it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because of all these all these games, I think um, what was the, I think Jason certainly did it. I think if he was honest and looked back, that we've got such a big talented squad, and the amount of games in the championship, you over rotate sometimes. I think you you almost see the, the size of your squad. And think, oh, I'll rest them. I'll make five changes for Tuesday night because we've got this big squad. Whereas sometimes you need to have a little bit of consistency in there with the players and, like you say, rewarding players that are playing well. Um, I think Billing, because I've, I've certainly been a critic of him because I don't think his performances have, have been to the level at the start of the season. I'm looking at him now and looking at him in the week and thinking, we were playing him kind of sat in a two in like kind of the Pearson role today next to Lerma. Maybe he's just not very good there because when he plays the advanced midfielder, he looks quite good and... And if we're ever going to rotate a player when we've got two games a week, it's got to be Jack Wilshire. We've got to look at Jack Wilshire's history. We've, I think while we've got Woodgate here, Woodgate had a lot of injuries as a player. I think he'll know that. And that's why Wilshire was not involved in a week. I don't think Wilshire's in a place where he can play two games a week. So I think Billing coming in in that kind of advanced midfield role might be a shout. And yeah, the Surridge thing's weird because I kind of thought, OK, fair enough when Don was playing and scoring because you think, all right, Hard to drop Dom. And then Dom gets injured. Oh, surely Sarah's just got his chance now. But we'll wait and see on um, in the week. But come on, prediction. Rotherham, be a horrible, difficult game, won't it? What, let's have an early prediction for you, mate. Uh, it, yeah, I think it's going to be a really difficult game. Uh, I don't think they're in the best of form right now. 
So I'm optimistic. Uh, I think that we are improving. And I, I was saying to my dad during the game, we're a team that if we do the basics well, like really well, we, we will just beat these teams. And I think that we did the basics pretty well today against a team that, yes, they're down the bottom, uh, near the bottom of the league. Uh, but, you know, they're a team that's just got a new manager and have picked up a lot of a lot of form. And I think they performed really well last season. I can't actually remember. But uh, yeah, and it was going to be hard hard to break down. But we, when we do the basics right, like, which, you know, it should be the bare minimum, but it hasn't been uh, in recent weeks. We can, we can hurt these teams because we just have so much quality and so much depth in our, uh, in our squads. Um, I'm going to go with a 1-0 Bournemouth. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, That's I don't see there being lots of goals. Yeah, no, it's, I remember when we played them last time, even though it was 2-2, to be fair, but they were they were a big, big physical team that caused us problems from balls in the box. Um, so I think, I mean, it'd be, I can't imagine Cookie playing, but I think Carter Vickers will be key for that. So he, he was injured at the time. Yes. But that was how they caused us problems last time, with just balls in the box. So I like to think with Carter Vickers in there, that we'll, um, we'll be a bit more sturdy and harder to be got at in that way. And I like to think we'll have a little bit more quality um, going forward and, and nick a goal. Yeah, not a great one today, but... Listen, we didn't lose the game. We'll kick on. And as uh, the old cliche goes, we move on to Wednesday. Brilliant to hear from Tom and Dan there. Thanks so much. And if you want to see that show, just like you see the free for alls, it's at youtube.com forward slash AFCB podcast. So there we go, that wraps up another show. Sorry it wasn't a show packed full of goals. That's what we want, right? We're playing Rotherham in the week and then we're going to be back with the pod, of course, after next weekend's game, by which time maybe we've got a new manager that's going to be announced. We'll be uh, making sure we comment on that live as soon as it comes in. So do join us. And yeah, feedback, feedback, feedback. We want to improve for next season. So go to afcbpodcast.com slash feedback and, yeah, basically tell us what you think. Perhaps you don't like these huge opening monologues and closing statements from me. Maybe we should mix it up. Whatever, I don't care. Just please get it in because we would love to hear from you. Right, start the show. Do you remember Ted McDougall scored that wonder-diving header away at a Premier League club? Who was it? When was it? And what was the final score? Well, it was Aston Villa. Come on, we all know that, right? It's on YouTube, by the way. Aston Villa, in that green and black strip, of course. It was in 1972, February 1972, if you want to be precise. And the final score was 2-1 to Aston Villa. But many people will remember that goal. Not his favourite, by the way, as he says on the recent interview. You can catch that on YouTube and the audio version will be out soon. But yeah, um, a favourite of his, but not the favourite. Thank you very much for listening. Hopefully there'll be more action to describe next week. Anyway, for now, you've been listening to Back of the Net, the AFC Bournemouth podcast.
Social Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply.